So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This episode is part one of Halloween Horror Nights 18. I am Matt, and joining me as usual are my co-hosts, Quint. Hello. And Karen. Hello. So this is the start of season three. We're back where we left off, coming off a really big high note with um, our yearly coverage of 2007's Carnival of Carnage. But 2008 is no slouch itself. And this is actually a really good year to start with. So, again, 2008, uh, Halloween Horror Nights 18, another new icon, kind of, sort of, it, it, she is created for the event, but based on an urban legend. More on that in a minute. But I guess we'll just start off with uh, the usual, uh, I guess, stats, Quint, if you want to take us through that. That's where we'll start, and we'll yeah. get into the icon right after that. So the the official name of the event was Halloween Horror Nights Reflections of Fear. Uh, the catchphrase or marketing phrase was, I dare you to say it one more time, which is interesting because that's close to the, some of the stuff they're teasing for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the dates were September. Oh, uh, the location was Universal Studios. I don't think we go back to Islands of Adventure ever again, at least not yet. Right, um, right. Good, that's a good point. The dates yeah. were, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dates were September 26th, 27th, October 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, 29th, 30th, 31st, and into November, just the 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, non-peak nights, 6.30 to p- uh, pardon me, non-peak nights, 6.30 p.m. to midnight, peak nights to 2 a.m. Extended hours, uh, select nights were starting at 5 p.m., which... They don't do that anymore, do they? No, not really. I mean, the closest we get now is like the early entry areas. Yeah. So, and, yeah. but they're not that early. I don't think we get in a full hour and a half early. No, and I th- and I mean, I think that's that's going to be tough for them to shut down the park that early. Even if they're only taking an hour to flip it around, you still got to shut down the park at four o'clock. That's pretty early. Yeah. True. Yeah. Because um, yeah, so anyway, the, down till five anyway. Right. Yeah. So the extended hours were were five to two a.m. Uh, they must have been doing really well in order to do that. Just just I mean they're taking a hit on like we just talked about. They're taking a hit on all the the admissions for the rest of the day. Uh, gate admission was sixty nine ninety nine. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, this is like they've gone a long span here of many years of it just kind of creeping up like a few bucks here and there. Nothing really huge and man getting in for 70 bucks i'd love it <laughs> it's uh um, what was funny is like i was looking at the, the event tickets were released this week as well and they are that is the highest um uh, no i take it back that's not the highest price that is the 
highest price with a uh, the that fifty dollar Coke can discount, but they're not. What well, no, I the the ticket prices were are seventy about seventy eight dollars and eighty six dollars depending on the night. With this being almost ten years later, I actually expected that that increase to be a lot more than just what is that twenty no fifteen dollars because that's seventy bucks no it's seventy seven bucks, bucks yeah twenty bucks so I'm surprised it's uh that close. That is surprising. I guess for me, I yeah. we go, you know, when we go, we're we're paying for the, the express pass. Well, we get the express pass for our wonderful Christmas presents, <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's 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 not like a seventy eighty dollar charge for us. It's like yeah, we're into the hundred and fifty two hundred area. And I think that's where the big difference is. I mean, there was I'm pretty sure frequent fear and express pass. I know express pass existed back then. I, I think frequent fear had already started by then, but now it's so much bigger than it was i really think they're cashing in a lot more on the frequent fear passes in 2017 than they were in 2008 and i think that's why the price for the general admission is is actually probably closer to inflation prices than the jumps we've seen from say like 1998 to 2008 right it's very reasonable i think i mean if you're just going for for a regular pass general admission for sub hundred dollars, you get a lot for your money. Yes. Yep. But I mean, anyway, let's let's get back to yeah. Sorry, that's uh, two thousand and eight. <laughs> <laughs> the icon was Bloody Mary or Doctor Mary Agana, and we got a lot coming out on that. Yeah. Uh, the event guides. Um, I so the event guide was was the you know the the full white eyes that the you see you've got it described very well. Yeah. So I mean, it's just like eyes have no pupils, no. No, nothing. Um, scarred up face, broken glass. Uh, and the face is like, it's it's obviously being pushed through glass or, or breaking glass, but the scars are all healed. They're nothing new. Yeah, it's, it's kind, kind of, of an interesting look. Kind of uh, insinuates that she's been busting. She's been, her name's been said many times throughout history, and she's done this for an immeasurable amount of right. time. The map is very similar to the the previous year's maps. Uh, nothing, nothing really interesting there. They do have their own sort of uh, font that's a little bit different so than some of the others, but nothing, you know, nothing big there. I don't know. I think that it's it's one of their less inspired covers yeah. uh, that we've seen. The cover actually reminds me a lot of twenty six in a sense that it's the same picture. But it either has like a red or a silver um, stripe at the top. It, they didn't do that I've seen, and certainly the ones that I have in my collection. I started holding on to them at this point. I have a red one. I have a silver one. Uh, I think it's actually closer to white. But the but they but the image of Bloody Mary is the same on each one. That was actually a little disappointing with Chances here. It's the same picture of Chances, either a blue or a red top to the, the where it's yeah. an event guide. Yeah, I just mean like all around the. The, it's not very inspiring. Oh, you mean even like when you unfold it? I just no. I, I mean the picture that they're using, oh, like the oh, face, okay, the, gotcha. the, the blank-eyed stare with the the scarred face, is, uh, and the glass shards. It's 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 okay, but we've seen a lot better in the past. Oh yeah, okay. Like yep, we've I, seen some really wicked covers in the past, <laughs> and, and this one is just mm, it's okay. Yeah, it's like the one on the icon T-shirt on the inside of it seems to be a little, little more aggressive yeah i'm actually uh, which, yeah i see what you're saying yeah i didn't have it in front of me while you were saying it but now that i'm pulling it up yeah, yeah actually it's it is you know it's not 
it's it's her face just at a different angle, but the broken glass that we get up in that that fills up that negative space in the top left corner of the shirt actually makes a huge difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that would have helped with this cover, I think, if they just kind of scaled yeah. her down. Did the same exact thing, same positioning, but then put broken glass up in the uh, on one yeah. corner would have lent a lot more of a kind of a threat in that image. I see what you're saying now. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, we don't go for the covers. We, <laughs> That's we, true, yeah. we like to collect them and look at them and talk about them, but it's not what we all go for. So I would love to say I didn't go. To, I didn't actually go one night just to grab a map and a cover, but I'm pretty sure that'd be a lie. I'm sure I've actually done that in the past. <laughs> I actually know that you've done that in the past because <laughs> right. you've gone specifically after work to grab one for me. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Yep. yep you are correct. <laughs> All right. So Matt, let's get right into, uh, I guess, bloody Mary. Okay. Well, the um, it's, it's important to list that there's eight houses for this. When we get through a story, six scare zones, three shows, I wanted to get out of the way because the eight houses come into play on this. Now, Bloody Mary, I'm going to tell you right now, anyone listening, this is going to be a long part of this episode, but in a lot of ways, or actually in direct ways, and a lot to do with the start of Legendary Truth, which we're going to get into in a completely different episode, and the website for this year, uh, her story, mainly her victims, go hand in hand with the houses or mazes, however you want to call it this year. So that's why I've kind of thought it best to include her in the 18 coverage, because this is one of those years. I was going to say the start and might necessarily be the start because Carnival of Carnage, that was like its own theme as well. But this is another one of those years where the backstory is, if you're really one of the diehard hardcore Halloween Horror Nights fans and you follow the lore, you follow the website as this was happening in 2008, your the story is unfolding in front of you at this event, which is just when they started doing this and and have continued to do it has always been an exciting thing to experience. So that's why I'm telling this story as part of 18 because in a big way, if not directly, it is the story of 18. Nice. Okay. So this, of course, is inspired by the urban legend. It's pretty much the same throughout history. I'm sure we have all heard it. Uh, you look in the mirror, you say Bloody Mary three times and she'd appear. In some cases, uh, something would happen. A lot of the times you were murdered or, or in trouble. I, I've actually read in this a little bit. Sometimes it meant just bad luck or just uh, like a death mark. You, you didn't die then, but you're going to die soon. So you're always looking over your shoulder. Basically, if you say your name three times and she appears, you're in some kind of trouble. We've all heard that, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and I mean, it's, it goes to figure because when I'm hung over and I'm looking in the mirror and calling for a bloody Mary, if I got to call for a bloody Mary three times, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> Something bad's going to happen. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Something very bad's going to happen. So the universal Halloween horror nights, bloody Mary story is born from this legend. Her, this particular one starts in 1908. It starts with a story of a school teacher named Mary Worthington in the small town of Cary, Ohio. Where Yay, everything Gary. weird in Halloween Horror Nights happens. Yes. Um, she was presumably murdered on August 27th of 1908. Now, the key word here is presumably because what had happened was that, that six students and one workman were thought to be involved in this presumable murder. The six students' names were George Von Stiebler, Sean McPherson, Louise Hatfield, Alice Dodgson, Jim Deedle, Jeremiah Koops, and the workman's name was Aldridge Kesterson. 
These seven now where presumably comes in, these seven were the last group of people to be with Mary Worthington in her schoolhouse the last time she could be accounted for. The next person after them to enter Mary Worthington's schoolhouse was schoolmaster Renshaw. Now Renshaw, like I said, had walked into her schoolhouse and it was a blood stained room with shards of broken blooded glass all over the floor is just a absolute grisly murder scene except for one thing there was no body so nobody had been found and mary worthington was never actually found so that is where the official label once the authorities got involved came from her missing presumed murdered so even though the body's not found all evidence pointed to her being murdered and possibly having to do with this last group of people that were encountered with her. Interesting. Okay. okay. Like, <laughs> just need to see if you need to take that in yet. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's there. Okay. Uh, so nobody, nobody, which is the important okay. part of course. And the names and the numbers, obviously I wouldn't have pointed them out if they're not important here shortly. Sure. So now that we have the story of this to set the stage for our bloody Mary, we flash forward to June 20th of 1958, almost, but not quite just a few months out of it being 50 years later. So June 20th is a date that a Marie W. Agana dies. Now who is Marie Agana? She is the daughter of the late Mary Worthington. Marie Agana also has a daughter of her own, Dr. Mary Agana. We've already heard the name in the opening of the show. After, Wait. yep. After Marie Agana's death, Dr. Mary Agana receives a letter from the family attorney saying that, it, it, oh, I'm sorry. It contains the last wishes of her mother. And in this letter, it states that Dr. Gannett uh, would be receiving some silver heirlooms that were once owned all the way back to her grandmother, Mary Worthington. So the heirlooms arrive, and among them is this in pretty intriguing silver jewelry uh, slash music box that Dr. Agana seems to get fixated on throughout the next couple of days. On June 25th, again, the same year, 1958, just days after the letter arrived, Dr. Ganner receives a letter from the National Association of Mental Health, or NAM for short. This letter is from a Dr. Gustav Heim. Uh, he was the director of NAM, and this letter directly addresses funding that she requested for her, what she entitled her immersive fear therapy program. Oh, good. Yeah, it's like I knew there had to be some reaction there. This, there's nothing wrong there, right? So this is where so it starts getting good. So you back up just a second, okay. though. Like, so now we've got a supposedly somewhat haunted music box, right? Mm -hmm. Is there any time that a music box has ever been in a movie where there isn't like bad things happening around them? <laughs> That's a good point. Like ever? Yeah. Is this why? Is this why little girls are always so creepy? Like, because they all have music boxes, and and it just contributes to their creepy factor. I have absolutely oh, no argument so. against that statement. No, yeah, I think so. And Karen's like, no, hey, I no. think I think we've just figured something out here. This is like, <laughs> just music boxes are almost as bad as clowns. <laughs> Did you see all the way through Orange is the New Black yet? No. Oh shit! You didn't hear what crazy I said about clowns yet, did you? No. Damn it. Okay. Ah, I I wish you'd seen it. Okay. Oh shit! No, I know. <laughs> yeah, see, I have to watch that one at the speed of my wife, and she goes to bed early, so it's okay. like, God damn it! Yeah. I don't, I don't want to ruin it for you, but it's like I thought of you instantly, and I don't mm -hmm. think it's going to change your opinion. But it's like I, you will be hearing it for the rest of our lives as long as we know each other. I'm 
Don't doubt it. <laughs> okay, so back to Dr. Uh, um, Heim. The letter he wrote, he wrote, uh, here's the exact letter. It says, reply, phobia exposure ceremony project grant application 48.278. Now, I actually wrote those numbers down, assuming they're going to come up again later. If they did, I missed them. So just if you happen to hear 48 or 278 or any combination of, point that out because I missed it in the first go around. So you read. I'm I'm actually going to go with um with the Kevin approach to this and just kind of ignore them. <laughs> I was going to say if we they probably don't mean shit. If we learned anything, anything from the repository that anything that is written before the main event doesn't mean shit. It means nothing. Yes. Right. <laughs> Good point. Apparently I didn't learn that Bingo making my dressing. notes. <laughs> so it reads, Dear applicant, it is with much regret that I must inform you your application for grant funding of the above reference project has been denied. Please understand that the committee carefully reviewed your research, your theses, and program outline. By unanimous decision, all 13 board members agreed that your proposal to conduct experimental immersive phobia therapy is far too unorthodox for the National Association of Mental Health to participate in or be associated with on a personal note. I am compelled to say that I am deeply disturbed by rumors to the effect that you plan to carry on this project. Even if our association denies funding, you simply cannot foresee the danger to patients that might exist. If immersive techniques are administered in any setting other than a recognized clinical facility, sincerely, Dr. Gustav Pinton, you can pretty much guess where this is going, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm doing it anyway. Exactly. So here we go. Uh, that's exactly the next part of the note with the funding denial. Um, I mean, regardless of the funding denial, I should say, Dr. Ghana went ahead and set up to her own facility and she called it living fearlessly specialized treatments for fear based ailments. Sounds pretty reasonable. Don't you think? Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. Reasonable. <laughs> so, so to fully realize Turn her over, It'll be fun, they said. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so to fully realize her uh, idea, her, her her dream of this immersive fear therapy, she needed a staff. Now, since as you've heard that no reputable mental health professionals wanted to have anything to do with this, she had to turn to, um, we'll say, an alternative labor pool, which was in the form of ex-cons and Former mental patients. Yeah, there's nothing going that could possibly go wrong with this. Not at all. No, I just picture, picture just a room full of guys that we saw. Speaking of the repository again, the guy that greeted us outside the repository that that would be uncomfortable really quick. Yeah, real quick. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so she got her doctor. Ghana got her facility up and running for a few months. She treated several patients, and along the way, she is discovering all manners of methods of curing fears and phobias. One of the slight drawbacks to this living fearless facility is that patients tended to disappear without explanation. Huh? Yes. Right. Cured. I assume <laughs> sort of They're going to be cured one way or another. Yeah. Right. So one patient in particular, his name or one that disappeared, I should say in particular, his name was Charlie McPherson. This drew a little bit of unwanted attention to the facility and to Dr. Ghana because not only was Charlie a patient, or should I say he wasn't necessarily a patient, he was working undercover. He was a freelance photographer 
hired by a private investigator named Boris Schuster. Schuster was trying to uncover what was really happening in Dr. Ghana's clinic, namely, obviously, the disappearances. After Charlie McPherson disappeared, Schuster decided he needs to, like, kind of just take the bull by the horns, and he scheduled an appointment to meet with Dr. Ghana personally and confront her and finally find out what's really going on. So now there is a bit of time between McPherson's disappearance and the appointment with uh, detective or private investigator Schuster. And in this time, Dr. Ghana is actually kind of going through some issues of her own. She's got this like incredibly unshakable, almost daunting feeling that she is constantly being watched. Uh, sometimes she thinks it's this gentleman Boris Schuster that's coming to see her. Other times she's getting this weird feeling that it's her grandmother, Mary Worthington, looking at her from the mirror from the mirror above the uh, end table where she put the jewelry box. So now we're up to the day of Schuster's appointment, which happens to be, if you remember the date, August twenty seventh, nineteen fifty eight. Okay. Rings a bell, right? 50 years to the date of Mary Worthington's disappearance slash yes, sure. murder. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Schuster arrives at Dr. Agana's office. Schuster, as he walks in, as almost a deja vu to someone in to do with this story 50 years ago, walks into a blood-filled murder scene again. Uh, evidence of trauma, evidence of an absolutely gruesome killing, more broken glass, bloody glass on the floor, but again, no body. No body. Exactly. And Dr. Ghana is never seen again after this point. So another presumed, uh, or I should say, missing but presumed murder. And in this case, for a little bit, presumed murdered by Boris Schuster. Now, I will tell you that the Boris Schuster murder... Um, what do you call it? Accusation ties more into legendary truth. So we'll get uh, the legendary truth mm. site, which we're going to cover in another episode. We're, we're going to mention the site here. It's impossible not to, but honestly, there's so much in that site where I'm actually trying to figure out a way to recreate the game so that we can do a virtual walkthrough, but it's been a bit of a daunting task, but more on that later of why he was accused. I will say that doesn't really come up in the rest of the story, but that's why I mentioned okay. it. Here. So now, um, not Everyone necessarily thought that Dr. Agana was murdered. There was another theory going around by some people that knew Dr. Agana's family history. And the theory was that Dr. Agana was gradually being possessed by her grandmother, Mary Worthington's ghost. And that had all started when she came into possession of these silver heirlooms we mentioned early on in the story. Now, there's a bit more to Boris Schuster than just being a private investigator that needs to be mentioned at this point in the story. He was a private investigator by trade. That is how he made his living. But in his, I guess you'd say in his side time, I, I wouldn't really call it a hobby because it was a passion of his. It's something that he really believed in um, and was building on his own outside of his private investigation work. He started a, what's the word? Not society. He started, he started a group called legendary truth, the collective. This also started that same year, 1958 legendary truth. The collective is a paranormal research group. It is also, as I've said several times leading up to this, a massive piece of Halloween Horror Nights history. Again, we'll get into that more later, but it's also worth mentioning if we haven't, I don't think we have, uh, it was a, 
we we experienced part of it last year at the repository. You guys remember seeing Legendary Truth on some things on mm -hmm. our lanyards? Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. So we we've been oh, yeah. part of this history now. But I've obviously have seen it for years, but now it's. We, the three, all, this is something all three of us have, ha have dipped our toe in, which is nice that we're starting to get further into years where we can relate back to things, which is what I'm really yeah. looking forward most about this new season of our show, by the way. So, Wasn't, so um, the, the Asylum in Wonderland had a big giant um, uh, comic book cover that was the same thing, right? Legendary Truth comic book cover. No, no, it's, um, oh, geez, that's not, it's uh, ultra violent comics. Oh right, never Different. mind. No, that's another. Yeah, it's an, that's another uh, sub, yeah. <laughs> subculture of Halloween Horror Nights. Yes, yes, yes. Legendary Truth not only started with eighteen, but they they wrote this around the story of Mariagana. So, Legendary Truth has been this. Like I said, they had a theory that Mariagana was possessed by Mary Worthington, though nothing was really ever done about it, other than continued investigation. Finally, we're flash forwarding again on August 27th of 2008. Now, 100 years later on or the I was going to say anniversary. That's that's a terrible word to celebrate someone's death on the 100th, <laughs> the 100th year of Mary Worthington's presumed murder. Field operatives finally take this point in time to physically investigate Dr. Agana's connection with all this. And they go to her office at the Living Fearlessly clinic which the building has been locked down untouched for 50 years now it's not it maybe it's in the website i'm going to make the jumping conclusion that um legendary truth had something to do with isolating this and not being touched for 50 years that might be speculation on my point and we might hear a different story when we get to the legendary truth story for, for for this purposes it hasn't been touched for 50 years and now legendary truth is finally digging into it so that day, August 27th, 2008, at precisely 11.03 p.m., they come across a manifestation that an operative reported back to headquarters with the nickname Bloody Mary. They detected an image in the mirror that they couldn't explain, wasn't a reflection of anyone they knew, and felt like it was imposing a danger. After the report, the field agents now disappeared now when the site was checked out not a bloody gruesome grisly murder scene but again same room same heirloom same mirror no bodies just people disappearing so we cut to we move over to calvin thorncastle who is at the time the current ceo of legendary truth the collective uh, 2008 and he dispatches a new set of operatives into mariagana's world to collect additional information on Dr. Agana herself and connect it to the legend of Bloody Mary and her seven patients that fell victim to this immersive therapies. That is the setup for the world you are entering in Halloween Horror Nights 18. And if you are following Legendary Truth, the collective on the website, there is an additional piece to Halloween Horror Nights that is basically a scavenger hunt for you to immerse yourself into in Halloween Horror Nights 18. This is a huge new opportunity for these biggest of big Halloween Horror Nights fans this year in 2008. So you've got this scavenger hunt going on. Is this like something you do outside of the park or is this something you can do inside the it's park? It's during the event. That's what I'm trying to, that's the stage nice. I'm trying to set here. Huh. So, yeah, it's it's hard to describe without getting into the entire game. But now here's the thing. It, it, you have Mariagana and her seven patients. 
that corresponds with eight mazes. I'll talk about these patients as we get to the mazes because we have talked, man, quite a long time about her story. And it's actually more fun, I think, when we get to the house to set the stage of her um, patients. But this is now as far as Bloody Mary goes now, we're kind of at the end of the story till we get to the patients. But this is a huge piece of Halloween Horror Nights history with the start of Legendary Truth. Um, Now, yeah. Um, her story, this story, I actually really enjoyed piecing this together and breaking it apart into something I could present to open the show with. And I always knew this, I knew of the story and I know I probably came across most of these pieces. Some of it was probably a surprise to me. Very well thought out story. There's a lot of detail there. And unless you're like fanatics and, you know, people like us, you're not going to pick it up. And that is why, yes, I'm actually really glad you said that now, because that is what makes following these backstories in Legendary Truth on the website, which we've talked about before. Carnival of Carnage mm-hmm. had a huge website that enhanced the thing. That's what I love about this era of Halloween Horror Nights is that you can get a completely different story out of it than just going to this scary house, this scary house. Ooh, there's a guy with a chainsaw, this scary house. Okay, let's get a beer and go home. Well, you probably right. shouldn't do that in that order, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> right. You should be getting beer between each exactly. of those stages. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. You should be getting a beer. And then taking the Uber home. Yeah, exactly. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but, um, so what I'm trying to say here is actually, I'm glad we, we trailed off there from my original intent. What I was trying to say was, is that this is a story they put a lot, a character they put a lot of thought into and the, the spelling out her, her story, like almost to every detail you can think of apart from her physical appearance, which is probably out there for me. To, well, actually, it is. You look at her picture and there it is. So they have thought of almost every de- detail you can think of. So then why is this the first and last of her? question pops into the head and to may pop into your head. So, right. uh, yeah. So there is a big reason for that, which we heard a little bit about on the unmasking tour, but it wasn't, we didn't hear, I don't think all the details of it. I have more of the details here without getting too deep into it for anyone that's wondering why we've never seen, we've literally, I mean, not only have we not seen her again, but it's like, they don't even have someone that even I wouldn't uh, remotely might be a stretch of a word, but I don't recall seeing a Bloody Mary in any of the scare zones in 25, the icon scare zone. I didn't see anything resembling that either. Certainly didn't have, have her directly in the uh, anniversary house. And it was like that in 20 as well. Well, now here's the explanation for that. Now, while the legend, the folklore, the tale, whatever you want to call it is just that it's a tale. It's not pulled from any book or a movie or like a, a play. It is, in a sense, public domain, even though it's never been copywritten to fall in the public domain. It's just, it's, it's up for anyone's interpretation to tell this story. That's the story. The name Bloody Mary, though, was trademarked prior to 2008 by uh, a woman named Bobby Weiner, and it's for her line of makeup. And ironically, it's we're not talking like Avon style makeup or or Revlon or whoever the hell makes you know glamour makeup. It's Hollywood effects makeup, which is I think kind of ironic. It's like, in other words, oh. it's Halloween Horror Nights level style makeup. Yeah, what are the odds? You know, I mean, so so she trademarked yeah. this. She also later started a comic book series with a character that now has an imaging trademark of sorts. 
and a copyright, of course, for this comic book character. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how the imaging of this fits. I just know how the name fits because that's the explanation I got. So I just mentioned it because there is an imaging copyright along with this as well. As far as the name goes, Universal did actually use, uh, did pay to license the trademark. I've heard different reports uh, that they didn't know about it. So she's never back again. The actual story is from what I found, they did license the name Bloody Mary from Bobby Weiner. So they were willing to pay for it. I was kind of curious why they weren't willing to pay for it again. Well, the sl- kind of the explanation behind that is that she did license it to Universal Studios. She's also licensed it to a ton of other haunts and a ton of other things. And there's almost in, in in the haunt world, it seems like there's almost an oversaturation of Bloody Mary. And it's not necessarily that Universal, and again, my opinion, not necessarily that Universal won't pay for it again. It's that they've chosen not to pay for it again because it's not quite got the exclusivity it had when they first licensed it. They're more or less the first people to license it big. Other haunts that get attention, obviously not as big as Halloween Horror Nights, have used it. It seems like, again, in my opinion, they're deciding not to use it again because it's been overused since 2008. Well, it's it's also not like they don't have a giant creative team that's really good at coming up with new oh, exactly. shit. Exactly, right, yeah. yeah. Yep. I think that's more to it. It's like, you know, if we're going to license things, we're going to spend our money licensing IP products that are going to bring people in from all over the freaking world. And then the creative stuff that we do on our own, we can just do in house. No, I agree with that too. I just was, I don't know. It was such, it seems like so much work uh, and so much detail. And I, I think she was a successful icon. I liked her. Maybe, maybe that's just me too. I, there is, there is that, that they just, Decided not to bring her back for the other years. I thought of any year we'd ha- we'd at least get a uh, a, a scarred faced, uh, white out eyed with contacts Bloody Mary running around the the uh, scare zone. But no, no, we didn't. They did. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm I'm looking through this, and there it looks like this was like a a blockbuster year, it's like scare zones, mazes, etc. There's a lot of stuff that they've gone to these wells again. Yeah. They did, uh, there was a jar of uh, eyeshadow, red eyeshadow, Bloody Mary brand eyeshadow makeup on the makeup table of the false mirror in uh, the Jack house. Ah, so okay. they did put her in there one way or another, in a sense. Right. <laughs> or at least they put the trademark in yep. there. So they gave her, yeah. so so Bobby Wiener got some cash out of it somehow. Yep. So, but I mean, that's, that is the, the, uh, there's, there's probably more to it. Again, not a lawyer. Don't know exactly what they paid for and what is being licensed now. Maybe the availability of it isn't as easy as well, but that is the the story. And my guess, definitely a guess, absolutely no insight to it whatsoever that uh, why they're not using it again. But that's that's what I have pieced together from the information that is available. So I'm just segue here, but I'm look. I've been looking at the the inside of the map the hhn 18 map and there's something that's just every time i look and i see the um guess must be at least height indicated symbol it looks like a hangman it probably a hanging is. man <laughs> it might be let's see <laughs> <laughs> it isn't it's, oh, just, it's, not, it's oh. just two bars with arrows but when you see it small it just looks like a hanging man 
Where is, oh, I see it. Oh. Stop <laughs> yeah, seeing you're it. right. It is. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can't now either. That's awesome. So uh, that is yeah. That's Bloody Mary's long story again. Now that's that's taking us about a half hour into this. We I could have done this as, as a separate episode, but I want the story to be in everyone's heads when we get to their patients because mainly you need to know that she is doing this immersive therapy. Uh, no one thinks it's a good idea. And we're going to find out why it's not a good idea when we get to the mazes real quick, like with the first maze. <laughs> oh, but that is for another day. Yep. So now, um, as far as uh, her further appearances in the opening of, of Halloween Horror Nights, of course she has her own maze, which we'll get to. Uh, that she was, there wasn't a, how do you call it? Uh, opening scare money to the park. There was right. Okay. There, there was an opening to, and we had seen this um, in the uh, media events we had covered. There was a Bloody Mary introduction to the media. Uh, that was kind of cool. It was, there's a stage set up. Uh, uh, there is like a, uh, a stage is a, it was a, a wall. Um, there's like kind of a faded stained wood paneling up to the guardrail. And then this, the, like a pattern, wallpaper i don't even know what the pattern is if you were to think of pattern wallpaper it's exactly what you're thinking it's like the pattern that is used on every wallpaper that you can't specify but it's more of a but the only difference is it's kind of deep tones of red so it's like blood red and then there's a mirror to the right there's halloween horror nights logo basically on the center ish of it and but just a little off to the left and on the right side is a mirror and this guy named john michael steps on this the stage he introduces himself as a ghost tracker he explains that tonight is the culmination of many years of research uh, research that was inspired by his grandfather who was a victim of bloody mary um all these years of research led to michael conjuring trying to conjure up the manifestation of bloody mary and he thinks that he's got a good shot at it because the phenomenon of halloween horror nights has created more psychic dark energy than anywhere else in the world uh he said he adds that not only has it done that but this year they've gone a little too far by using her image by saying her name, by referring to her all the way leading up to this night, she has gotten even stronger. Uh, she becomes so powerful that, or she could become so powerful that she can pull people into her world, which again is the kind of the launching point of the idea of this, that we're all walking into Mary Agana slash bloody Mary's world. So to prove this, although you think with all these warnings, he'd want to stop everyone from doing this, but instead to prove this, he gets the audience to focus on the mirror and everyone says, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. And then bam, an image appears into the mirror and she starts to question who summoned her. Uh, the guy explains what's happening. Michaels has starts going to the audience for different questions and as the questions kind of progress to her being evil, what's happened to people, that kind of thing, she starts to get a little crazy and she's really, she literally starts screaming, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Kind of a whirlpool, like a rumble in the room. Lights go out. When they come back up, the mirror's broken and Bloody Mary is now reaching out in towards you, towards the audience, screaming. And that is the official start of Bloody Mary's <laughs> Halloween Heart Nights. That's pretty cool. It is, yeah. <laughs> and a video of that is online. Um, now we're into well into years where accompanying video for this is still online and it's good quality. So I would say if you if you like the, the description, go ahead and check it out in real life and see how they went from projected mirror to uh, actual body. It's always always fun. It's a it's a I would say magic trick. It's a it's a it's an effect, a practical effect, which is cool. Which of course right. Universal can do. 
fantastically. Her other appearance is right at the entrance of the gate. Was there the entire? And I, I'm actually really surprised when I first saw this. This I remember. This this year to set the stage. I think this is probably. And this is gonna. I'm gonna probably say this every year leading up to it. Up to this point, this is the most I'd ever gone. This also happens to be a year that. My wife had stage managed one of the houses. So I went, I may have gone more this year than the next year, 2009, to go see her, support her, and check her out. So this year is like a, this is her first return from being on Firewatch all those years ago when I used to tell that story. So this may have been, this may be the most I've gone. This is definitely the most I've gone so far. And it may be more the next year or two until I start getting the frequent fear express and go way more well, i wouldn't say way more than i should because i should actually go more because i don't go every night like i should but right. that's another story but so so far so when i saw this i'm surprised they don't use this anymore it's a huge screen it's it's real simple it's just a huge screen tilted sideways so that it's it's um portrait they just put like a uh antique frame facade around it and they just had different projections of not even projections different images of her video of her sometimes there's a mirror that would break away and she'd be screaming sometimes it's her just talking with different imagery and whatnot and it had like i don't know what a two three four minute video that would loop at the entrance i am really surprised we don't see that more the all these years almost 10 years later this this just kind of came and went that year yeah i'm i'm okay with that actually i've we've had some other video video effect sort of things that they've tried to do and more of them were misses than hits yeah i mean i see what you're saying but it's just seems like something that would be there well i was just gonna say it seems like something to be there to watch while you're waiting in line but then again now that i say that i also talk myself out of it it's like how many times you tell the guy in front of you move move because he's watching the video maybe that's the reason why it's not there so much yeah i i'm yeah it's six of one half dozen of the other maybe i don't know i, I just yeah. like i'm thinking of the freddie versus jason video effects that they tried to use which were terrible um things like that yeah where, but this wasn't like that this was just this was in the big no, I, archway I of the of the entry it just seemed like something that yeah it could help set the stage more but then again it may have been more distracting than entertaining i don't know i don't know sure. i'm just surprised that it's like it's we haven't seen something else like that yet but eh, i don't know i don't go there to stand and stare at the front gate either so i guess it's not really necessary (laughs) yeah that's true so that's it for bloody mary that is the long bloody history of mary i can't believe i just said that but i did i'll leave that in (laughs) yes dad (laughs) dad what does that mean that's a bad dad joke. joke oh yeah yeah all right shall we move into the scare zones? let's move into the scare zones yes because i have the map up in front of me now and yeah we got some we have um i am let's see i don't want to go in any particular order except i want path of the wicked for last because i think you guys are gonna have okay. a lot of questions about that okay so i'm gonna start in where the first thing that caught my eye was that they have a, a scare zone in a really strange area this year <laughs> that's my first note too if we're talking about the same um, one i think so it's fractured tail yes yes um and and this is over in the the, the kids area mm-hmm. uh yeah. it's just like literally the kids area where like they've got barney and i don't even know what else they got i just know that big purple fat fuckers in that area <laughs> well this is um, and that's scary enough yeah right exactly 
This is one of two build-outs from mazes this year. It's where you have to go through the scare zone that is tied to that maze. As you can see, Fractured Tales leads to Scary Tales. The other one is mm-hmm. Streets of Blood that leads into Body Collectors. Right. I, not saying they haven't done this since, but you're you're absolutely right. This scare zone, if you were to go down the well, this is basically this is exactly where we start our path normally. You go into the kids area, you go to the one on the right. This is the one on the right. It was Halloween last year, or is it no, it was it was Halloween last year. Halloween two. <laughs> and it's you're right. This is not a usual place for a scare zone. No, and it's it's interesting because it's a it's a really weird choke point. There's two maze entries here. There's all kinds of stuff going on here. There's usually a drink stand or two there. It's also a bathroom place. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, so, and in this year, there's even a show entrance there. So, like, there's a lot of stuff going on here. And to have this yeah. as a scare zone, I don't know. How did it work? This was a little strange because when you first came around the corner, if you were headed to the to that house, which was Scary Tales. So if you're headed to the one to the right, you did enter a big archway that said Fractured Tales. And it has the, you know, the, uh, the Scarecrow pumpkin figure that we've always seen somewhere mm-hmm. in Halloween Horror Nights. It had two of them flanking that, that archway. So you walked in that, but you, you, you both know how you kind of walk in apart from the one that's in the, um, the, the, the kind of back lot area, you, you walk into a scare zone and you kind of walk a straight line and you walk out of a scare zone. This was different. Right. You walked in and it was kind of all over the place because it wasn't there. Well, as you know, there's no, you're not walking down a street in, in that particular yeah, one. No. So it was a little all, yeah. all over the place, not in a bad way, just in a, it wasn't as confining as the other one but but it also didn't need to be because this one was it wasn't necessarily telling a story it was the i'm gonna say again my opinion the characters that didn't make it into the scary tales uh maze Maze. scary tales is one of my favorite all-time uh, lineages, I guess you'd say, because there's not really a story. It's like the first Scary Tales was amazing. Second Scary Tales was a little disappointing. So I'm really looking forward to this third Scary Tales at the time. And this was, it was setting you up for that. It was, there wasn't so much apart from the lighting, any real theme. There was a theme, obviously, the Scary Tales, but there wasn't any kind of decor. It was just a lot of really awesome characters. The ones that stand out was the frog prince who didn't quite turn into a prince. He was a frog man, basically. <laughs> so picture a dude in a prince outfit with a big frog head and a crown on top of it. That kind of I thing. I can okay. picture the frog prince from The Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors. Oh, that's not, it's, it's a little... It's, 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 it's in that vein, but not. it's actually that's a little darker, believe it or not. Even though we're talking about that's The Simpsons. That's quite as <laughs> The three, it had the three big pigs, not the three little pigs, and they were pissed. They were out for revenge. <laughs> In fact, going back and looking at video of this, the, the pig head might be pig head from American Horror Story, which was actually kind of like, oh, I wish I hadn't remembered that because I remember the three pigs being just really pissed off and, and axe-wielding pigs looking for that wolf. 
Um, they did have, they also had like some, like, uh, I guess you'd say, I want to say like characters that were her. They were like the evil queen from sleeping beauty. She was there carrying an apple. They didn't really need to do anything to her because she was evil. You had a bunch of, of, uh, they took like woodsman's, um, uh, uh, Robin hood, his merry men type thing. And you took kind of just princesses and witches and just gave them, like you dress them in their outfit and then let the makeup artist do what they want with them, which is always fun. There was a bloody Miss Muffet who looked like she got mauled by her dog. I guess she couldn't find her poor dog a bone. I mean, all things like that. Just these <laughs> twists. On. It was a That's scare awesome. zone with really big costumes. Not not big in size, but big. Uh, a, a costumer's dream, a Halloween costumer's dream, elaborate prosthetics, and great makeup. And in the center, sort of, kind of not really, actually not in the center, but as a centerpiece, more towards the back. Um, not like, uh, it's kind of like in that in between area, um, where you would go from the house on the right to the house on the left, there was a big cart with a jack-o'-lantern, which looked like nothing in particular at night till you got close to it and realized there was a, a body with their included severed limbs stuffed inside the jack-o'-lantern instead of any kind of candle. <laughs> so that was, that that's was awesome. cool. That was like, that's, that's one of the ones that gave me a lot of hope for, um, scary tale scream punk in 25 because I remember this and remember right. how well the makeup hey. was. I was like, okay, they're going to take these characters and now steampunk them. Well, we, we know how that turned out. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think there was a <laughs> lot of problems with the steampunk one. One of them was that a lot of the characters that they chose to use were a little too obscure. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it sounds like they executed really well on this one. Yes, I think they did. I always I love the idea of the uh, scary tales. The only thing that, that I would say bothered me, not bothered me, but like the first thing I thought of, and I thought about it 10 years ago, and I'm at an age where I'll think of this, a lot of people, big fans that are much younger than us, aren't ever going to think of this, but there was a segment in the Rocky and Bullwinkle show that used to be called Fractured Fairy Tales. Oh, yeah. So I thought I saw Fractured Tales, and I immediately thought, oh, Fractured Fairy Tales. But that's, yep. yeah, <laughs> that wasn't it, obviously. Oh, geez. That's, man, that's almost like an acid flyer. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move along. Uh, I'm kind of going to go all over the place here. No problem. Uh, just because it's, I, I'm going to go some, to something very similar to what, what I think of as very similar to Fractured Tales, which, which is Asylum in Wonderland. Yeah. This one, we saw the culmination of it last year. Last year? 25. 25, sorry. 25 was the, the house. Yep. I know, 25 and 26, just some <laughs> of those stuff blends in my head. Just I don't know why, because both years were so big, I think. I think you're right, um, yeah. Uh, but this this one is one that I've been been waiting to hear about. This one was a little different in the sense that it was, um, like, Fractured Tales was, like, the mirror opposite of some characters like i said the, the three big pigs they were no longer right. victims uh, that kind of thing this was the same characters but ramped up they weren't necessarily evil if you follow what i'm saying the, right so, more along the trickster line yeah so they ramped them up now first let me tell you about let me set the stage for the area because this is like one of those night and day areas it's like you go through it from the day and you go through it at night and you almost don't recognize it so it's in hollywood boulevard mm -hmm. That is where uh, Van 55 was last year, where the Icon, yep. Icon one was the year before. 
And well, it's right by the Terminator place. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which, yep. If, if you didn't have a Terminator sign out there, you'd never know it was there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. First thing they did was make like a big, your, your entryway. The entryway was Tower of, of Cards. It was covered with cards. It wasn't a tower. It was, it was it, cards. Some you saw the back, some you saw the face of. I, I'm sure Queen of Hearts was on there somewhere. That went up the scaffolding and you had the lighting. Now, what was really cool about this one, as far as the facade went, is that they had these stretches of fabric, basically like at the edge of the sidewalk, maybe a little over on the sidewalk. So you could walk behind and in front of them to an extent behind them was a little more difficult. And some, some were even blocked off because of the lighting effects, but these big, almost like four pointed sail pieces. So it's like they were stretched out, but curved on the sides and the bottoms and the tops. And that was cool enough during the day, but you come in at night and they have lights bouncing off them in different patterns, different colors with music playing. And then like every once in a while, the Cheshire cat would pop up on each of these screens. The lighting (laughs) at this at night was insane. It was awesome. Yeah. And that's kind of a dark area of the park at night at at any given time. Yep. So yeah. So playing with lights in this thing was really, really cool. Now, like I said, the characters were kind of ramped up. I mean, you had the Mad Hatter, who they they had a um, they had a couple versions actually. They had one that had a really heavy mask on, um, like uh, as far as the uh, the lot of detail, and it made the the whoever would wear it their their face rather large. Then they also had a face Mad Hatter who they would end up casting with you know crazy eyes and a grin that could really pull it off. And the costumes were just right. so bright and so vibrant to go with this lighting effect that was like really cool. When you didn't have a specific character, you had kind of these general black and white renaissance-ish costumes, but not quite full-blown. They were of that theme so that you, when you were, your eyes were getting mixed in with the, the whiteness of the sheets and then the darkness of, the, of the, the street, these black and white characters could just blend in and you didn't necessarily see them coming, which is something they've mastered right. years ago in their houses yeah. and in scare zones. Um, you had a white queen who had was covered completely in white. Her makeup was white. She had blood tears that would go down her face and into lines on her dress and down to a blood stained skirt, which was an actually a really pretty, um, in horror terms, outfit or costume. Uh, the white rabbit. The white rabbit is the one that stands out. Everyone remembers the white rabbit. Everyone and their brother took pictures of the white rabbit, and rightfully so, because this is like this is. This dude could have stepped off the streets and stepped into a movie. This makeup was so good. This is one of the best street makeups they've, I think they've done uh, for this type of theme. I mean, you obviously have your nice. your your shady your humans who they've done which whatnot. But that's, this is not. This was a white rabbit human, fantastic costume, and his his face and his makeup were 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 incredible. Um, the big kind of. Um, not centerpiece, but the end. Uh, it depends. If it was either, it was always the end for me because he was the opposite way I went. But it was the entrance for some. You had a giant uh, purple mushroom with red spots on it, and you had the caterpillar character <laughs> on top of that with like his body lounging on top of the of the mushroom, and he was Mike. So he was the one. Ta- he was the barker. He was the taunter as you walked in. So the cal- uh, caliper okay. was a taunter and he would, he had the ability and a costume that he could come out of that and walk the street and go back in. So he was dual function. Oh, shit. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then in That's late, pretty cool. Um, and sometimes, and it wasn't there and I don't know if it had to do with weather. I don't know if it had to do with people fucking with it, 
but at times, and I don't remember being there for like a period of time, then gone or, or whatnot. Like, like I don't remember being there. I remember being there sporadic nights and I don't know why I remember that. It may be my memory, but there was a, there was a tea party in the middle, which where they would all congregate to. It's kind of like the way the vamp 55 kids would, would go back and forth from their particular spots, particularly the, the football float. This was kind of the thing where, where they kind of regroup and go back out again, but it wasn't always there that I remember. And the tea party table um, was a lot like the one in Alice in Wonderland or Alice uh, Asylum in Wonderland in 25, as you can imagine, you know, stuff bolted down to the table. Obviously they're not going to have pieces you can Uh, walk off with. Yeah. That the tea party in, in the maze was just fantastic. Yeah. The difference about that one is that one was painted for the chroma death. This was just a table of, of stuff. Yeah. Nothing real particular of note on the table other than the fact that there's a tea party. And it was, like I said, a center point where characters, characters could kind of reset and go back out again right so so walking down the street you get out of asylum in wonderland and you pretty much bang walk you walk past mel's diner and straight into the schoolhouse this is the one uh karen would probably hate the most (laughs) tell me more okay schoolhouse this is the home of those fucking creepy trick-or-treaters Oh. This is where they hire the shortest characters that are over 18 <laughs> and put those creepy ass animal masks on. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> the best part then. about that was Karen Skype breaking up as she was lamenting over the realization of what this was. I actually don't think that was Karen Skype breaking up. I think that was just her voice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh. <laughs> So this was this actually had um, kind of a little bit of a show to it. This this had this was I guess it was the Halloween. I I kind of think of it as the Halloween. I think of two of these scare zones as classic Halloween ones, mainly because this was full of trick or treaters. It was those those freaky ass kids, including a kid with a pig mask and a blood stained astronaut uh, uniform, which just was so many levels of wrong to me. A what? No what? A pig mask and a blood stained astronauts a spacesuit wow (laughs) it's like squid's gotta say something (laughs) they they don't really go together i'm just trying to piece that in my head it's not working right and it's probably made it disturbing to me maybe i don't know but the um the, the, the there was a story behind it it was about this like super strict schoolhouse with a super strict school teacher that he had drove two kids into absolute madness with the um, the, the 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 rules and the regulations and the things he made them do that by the time they finally were allowed to do something fun trick or tr- like in the sense trick or treating they took out all their anger rage and aggression on everybody they came encounter with which was like I said we've seen these trick or treaters they managed to I mean they're they're not children they hire characters eighteen and above but my God their stature and they put the outfits they put them in is freaky. How these are like just scary, it seemed like scary, frightening children. Yes. And they did that in, in, um, uh, Shady Brook. The, uh, Shady Brook, but yeah. they also did it in the, the die in with, uh, the, the Chucky and, oh, yeah, Chucky's right. yep. bride. Yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they did it in the, the Freddie Maze. The Maze. Yeah. Freddie Maze. Oh, yeah. The, the kid, the, uh, Jason, uh, the swing set. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you're right. The the Freddy House had the two twins and then Jason's yeah. world had Jason Voorhees underwater. I forgot about that too. You're right. Yep. 
So they, they do this. I mean, they hire these, these actresses and actors every, almost every year Mm -hmm. and they find such good places to put them. It's, they gotta have the, the twins from nightmare, the twins in, uh, the shining. Oh yeah. They gotta be (laughs) the the shining. Yeah. The shining. They're going to be cast. They're already cast. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So seriously. Um, they, they, apart from just, just being the, 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 those, those masks, it's those animal masks that freak me out. I think it's not even necessarily that they're kids, although mm-hmm. it does, that doesn't help. The animal masks freak me out. They also had kind of like a little, little show for each of this. They had, um, they, that, this is where the school bus was. The school bus is somewhere in Halloween Hour Nights. They <laughs> bought it. They're going to use it. Right. This was in that zone. And they actually started with these school teacher screaming for the kids to get off the bus He'd lead them through like a roll call and then finally dismiss them. And that's when they would go nuts and terrorize everybody. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So this also had a facade of a schoolhouse um, just that you could walk in and out of. It's it's it oddly looks a lot like the Herschel's barn from the walking dead year. You could walk in and out of just didn't have the schoolhouse bell steeple on top of it. But the point is you could walk in and out of it and there was inevitably at least one character in there that you weren't ready for. So that was another little addition to this zone, which was pretty cool. And there was uh, every once in a while um, in this particular uh, school zone or school zone in the scare zone, there was like a disembodied voice that would scream bloody Mary three times. And when they'd scream it three times, the lights in the scare zone would go out. And then all these characters would kind of move to different positions. And then when they came on, they were somewhere else and was really fucking freaky. That that's a nice touch. Yeah, it's actually yeah. a really nice touch. Turning uh, or tying in the icon. Yep, really. Yep. All right, so we're gonna make a quick turn here, and we're gonna pass the other side of Mel's Diner um, and go up. Uh, what is it, Eighth Ave, into American Gothic, and and this is one of the locations that I remember from later from a later year that I really really enjoyed as a scare zone, and they don't use it anymore. They haven't used it in the last few years. And I think it's a missed opportunity. I think it's sad, but it's um, it's kind of a tight street, and it, it's it's once you turn down it, you go down a little ways, and you really don't feel like you can turn back, kind of deal. Especially when you're coming off of that main strip when you first come in. If you turn down this, there's so many people on that main strip, you really don't feel like you can turn around, and you're stuck having to go through this one. And I don't know why they don't use this anymore because yeah. I mean it's like the the. This is along the the area where they have the Transformers meet and greet, but they don't do the they have the Transformers ride, but they don't have the characters out. It's also the overflow right. line for the ride, and there is no overflow lines for rides at Halloween Horror Nights, so that's not a problem. Nope. I don't know why they don't use this street. You're right. It, well, I, I don't either. Do. I, and it, and I like it when it's tight because they did a maze in there one year. We'll talk about that in, <laughs> in a later show, yeah. um, and and things like that. And it's just a. It's a really, really cool place to do a scare zone. Yeah. So this is American Gothic, and it's actually a good one to follow up with Schoolhouse, because this is what I consider the other Halloween one. There's always one where it's like it's it's got like the the things we think about for Halloween, like the kind of like the torture racks, the dead trees, the every once in a while. This is kind of like a, a grouping for it did have a theme, but you also had some characters that don't necessarily meet the theme. Like the again, another reoccurring character, the the kind of pumpkin headed um, colloquial guy he he's always mm-hmm. in this 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 is like the where this is where a banshee was kind of sort of last year it's where the um the one for 25 which i can't remember its name which was really halloween themed this is this is what i consider like the classic 
Halloween type theme. Now the idea was that it was kind of a Lizzie Borden themed setup. It was mm-hmm. set in Maplecroft. There was a big sign that said Maplecroft established whatever year it was. So you saw some Lizzie Bordens, obviously. Um, but again, yep. it had it had it did have that pumpkin head character. It had black clad stilt walkers, which is again a item we see in these classic Halloween ones that I like so much. One really fucking cool thing that they had. Um, and he kind of dipped in and out of this and a maze. Now we're not going to talk about the maze in this episode, but but you'll you'll see where it fits in when we get to it. It was a dude. It, what he didn't just not have a head. His head was chopped off like right below the eyes, so he had a mouth and nose, but no top of his head. Oh, now it's one of those costumes where you, when you really look at the guy, you're like, okay, I see where it's sitting on his head. I see where his shoulders are padded. That's when you really look at it. When you walk by him, it's like, what the, f- what the hell was that? <laughs> that is one of those moments, which I love. That is one of the all-time best, what the fuck did I just see moments for a scare zone in this particular one. And like Sounds I pretty cool. like I said to, um, oh, they had, um, or like I said, to set this up, they had like the dead trees, which of course are in their own box. So you had boxes and screens and these torture racks, they actually had someone on a torture rack that you weren't quite sure if they were alive or, or a dummy or character. So you get close and she wasn't actually tied down and she'd scare the shit out of you. But my point is with the boxes and the screens and whatnot, this is a tight scare zone with a shit ton of places for characters to hide, which is always a lot of fun for me at Halloween yeah. Nights. A long- yep. And like I said, this is this is a location I wish they would start using again. No, yep. Um, one character they had, which I haven't seen in a while, was in uh, among the trees was a like a dead tree still walker. Like before everyone, not everyone, but before all these Groot cosplayers started cropping up. <laughs> this was a Groot Groot still walker before there were Groot still walkers. Um, and then they, they also had Before other recruits. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, they also had other themes for the, the that time period. They had a uh, revolutionary, uh, soldiers, walking dead soldiers here and there. Just like I said, like a hodgepodge, not a hodgepodge, but like a, a kind of an open palette. It's like told this, told the, the, uh, makeup artist probably to stick with the theme, but you know, this is also the classic Halloween, in my opinion, the classic Halloween scare zone. Right. All right, so we're going to go to my favorite scare, my all-time favorite scare zone location, <laughs> which is right on the, the, the corner of, I don't know, it's like by the Revenge of the Mummy, what used to be Twister, which is now what, Jimmy Fallon something? Uh, yeah, thanks for reminding me. Um, <laughs> in there. And it's got a great queue line. I, I love this area because it's massive, and they can, they can stretch it into different places, and they've been making it bigger and bigger over the years. Um, but this one was Streets of Blood. I want this back so bad, or this idea back so bad. This was the entrance to Body Collector's Collections of the Past, which, of course, I don't think is any secret to anyone, is my all-time favorite Halloween Horror Nights property. This had everything you would want in a scare zone and it's appropriate that it's in your favorite area because first off it was the home of the chainsaw drill team for that year uh, okay it also had i was gonna ask about that yep. but i figured we'd get to it it also had the black uh covered uh, camo covered black camo covered people with the can shakers the rocks in a can those yep. those are always a staple uh this was it was made up to resemble an old victorian Area, era street to go in with the story of what's going to be body collectors. So they had 
Some people dressed in Victorian outfits, but of course, bloodied, bruised, and battered. You know, that's always always a uh, great challenge for the costume designers and the makeup artists. But the two things, apart, well, I guess it's three things. We start with the chainsaw drill team, but the two things also in this, this is also the home of the rat lady, Karen's favorite. Uh, I was, that's, that's another question I was going to ask. And the most important one is that, to me, is it had body collectors in it. This is not only the scare zone leading into the body collector's house for the year, but they had body collectors as characters. It is the only time in my goings where you, you stand toe to toe with body collectors. And I really wish they'd have another body collector scare zone so I can get some good pictures. I just got to learn how to take a selfie. I'm the only person on the face of the earth that can't take a selfie. Apparently. No, you're not. Okay. <laughs> I am terrible at it. Okay. I've done it, but it's they're terrible. Right. Come on. Have you seen selfies on the web? Everyone's terrible at it. <laughs> I guess selfies you're right, should not yeah. be a thing. <laughs> you're right. Anyway. They shouldn't. So here's the best part about this maze or, or this, scare this uh, uh, scare zone is that we now have definitive proof that the rat lady exists within the body collectors. All <laughs> right. There you mythos. go. Yep. <laughs> I like That's that. That's fucking awesome. Like, that is just like putting two of the best things ever together and coming out with something that's even better. I'm totally in with that. I mean, this has immediately become my favorite uh, scare zone yeah, of, the, you, of you the year would, just because of that. You would have loved this, no doubt. Yep. Yeah. I mean, body collectors and the rat lady, and they're tied together in canon now. Yes. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, that just leads us to the the entrance. And this is, uh, again, something that is, is a little interesting for this year. They, I guess they do this now, but they usually move it down the street a little ways. Because uh, you can usually get places without having to go through a scare zone. In this case, this year, there is no way that you can get to anything without going through at least Asylum in Wonderland and the schoolhouse. Or going through the last one, which is Path of the Wicked. Yep. You're... Right. Yep. I was going to see. Okay. That, yeah. Okay. You can get on 7th Avenue and avoid streets of blood, but yes. Okay. Path of the Wicked. This is at the, this is the first one. This is the scare zone that really makes me mad that other scare zones in this area have not been as good since, particularly 25 and 26. Uh, they should be better because of what they did with this. Now, this is, this is something you don't think uh, I would care about, but. I do. It is the story of this, first and foremost, is what you would think I don't care about. This It's a scenario scare zone. It's a what if scare zone. And it, the what if question is, what if the Wicked Witch in The Wizard of Oz had stopped Dorothy and taken over Oz? That's the premise of this. Okay. Not a big, I mean, not, Wizard of Oz is fine. I have no problem with it. I'm just like, not, it, you tell me there's going to be a Wizard of Oz scare zone. I'll be like, oh, I'm curious to see that. But it wouldn't be like, oh, I got to see it right now type deal. That's my, uh, that's my reaction to my it. List, yeah. yeah, exactly. This was fucking insane. This is absolutely this this scare. This is this and scare. Like I said, I, I'm going to say it again. This scare zone makes me wonder why all of the ones after it have been so bad. When you first get to this area, they have a huge, and we've seen this before. Normally, over in the um, where the streets of blood area uh, one was for this year, but this year they had a big scaffolding set up. But not just the scaffolding. We've seen the raw scaffolding. They've covered the scaffolding with a. Um, the, the, uh, the castle, uh, I don't know what it's called. The, the tower of a, of a castle. 
Um, and it's a facade. It covers okay. the entire scaffolding. At the top of the castle is the Wicked Witch from the Wizard of Oz. Fully made up. They didn't quite do the nose. They didn't go for the exact... You knew who she was without making her face accurate. It's like they didn't go that far. They didn't need Karen, to. basically. <laughs> sure, yeah. So they dressed her up, painted her green, and there's a green light from the bottom lighting her up. She was Mike, so she was greeting you, taunting you, whatever you want to call it. That's the start oh, of that's it. awesome. That's where you enter. As you enter, you're immediately flanked by stilt walking guards, not the flying monkeys. These are like these are the um the guards, but in a, a much more I don't want to say modern, just a reimagined you knew they were the guards, the one that marched back and forth, the oh we oh guys, right? But they were like right, they right, were, right. They were hey. like much more scared. These those guys were like fat puffy dudes. These guys were not fat. These guys are scary. On stilts, sneers, just staring you down as you walked. As you walk through, all of the characters from Wizard of Oz are now minions of the uh, Wicked Witch of the East or West. The Wicked Witch. I'm not sure which one she is. This Wicked is the Witch or- of the West. Okay. This is the origin of the steampunk Tin Man. This is almost the exact Tin Man we saw in 25. Which kind oh, of okay. yeah, which is I mean that's cool and all, but it's like that was also the only steampunk character we saw twenty five. It was the <laughs> steampunk Tin Man, so I'd already seen him. But but it was still cool seeing him. Uh, I, well, it wasn't so cool. It was cool seeing him that year. That idea of him, the cowardly lion was not a cowardly lion. He was this m- muscular, shirtless, lean, incredible cross between cat makeup and uh, or lion makeup and human makeup. He was not the cowardly lion. He was the aggressive, get in your face, fuck with you lion. <laughs> is, I guess maybe his name. <laughs> and we've saw, we've seen really good cat makeup actually last year. Banshees had a yes. had a great. It was it was mm-hmm. it was it was on oh, that yeah. level, but a little scarier. There's at least one evil Munchkin, and I don't mean that derogatory sense. It was a character who was playing, and the Scarecrow was another just evil version. He didn't look. This is the this is the one that was like completely off book they didn't even bother trying to make it look like the one from the movie it was just you could tell it was a scarecrow because there was hay falling out of him everywhere still walker really a great way to make this thing look lanky and scary you know what i mean yeah no shit now i ain't done this i've said all that and said this is insane this that was none of that was the insane part here's the insane part when you continue down this road and you get between the buildings where the shrek like Shrek donkey and dragon mural on the Shrek ride side mm-hmm. and the other side at the time. Now it's the despicable me store, but at the time it was a bunch of Nickelodeon stuff. Those two yeah. walls with the overhangs on the oh. overhangs were three sets of covered scaffolding that had lights and speakers in them in front of the scaffolding were aluminum uh, stretch ladders. You couldn't help but notice above you. There was a set of wiring and rigging. And what that was, was the flying monkey characters who were tethered to these that were jumping across the overhang from ladder to ladder above your head. Oh shit. Oh, oh nice. crap. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're that, right. They, they really haven't been doing very well since then. huh? No, no. And that is, and then oh my God. there's a couple odds and ends characters that fit in the world of Oz, but I didn't know what they were. Probably versions of things from, well, Munchkin Land, because that's really the only place you ever, or the Emerald City, probably both, some from both. I, I don't yeah. know, recognize them well. But the, the ladders of the, the flying monkeys were just off the hook. This is what made this fucking insane. That sounds 
totally cool. And that's why I get so angry when that scare zone doesn't live up to his potential. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, not the yeah. slight. Well, I mean, a lot of that scare zone has been moved down uh, a block to between um, other stuff, hasn't it? No, it hasn't. Eh, not really. No, they are using it. Oh, I know. Uh, okay. I know what's going. I think I know what's going on here. And it's the same reason that they don't use eighth Avenue, the American Gothic area anymore. And it's that they kind of want to have a safe path. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that first scare zone that you go through has to be somewhat of a safe path scare zone. And then you can get through American Gothic or seventh Ave, but they've kind of taken over seventh Ave with, with the, the other big scare zone. Right. And they're just trying to provide a, like a safe path to everything. If you need it, I guess, I which guess sucks. Yeah, it sucks. But yeah, I mean, a- you're going to Halloween horror nights. You, if you don't know what you're signing up for, you're what the hell are you doing there? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love this. Is one I really wish you guys could have seen. This is insane. Sounds wicked. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, there was, and there was, no pun intended. <laughs> that was the last one on this list. There was, uh, I guess, technically, or however we want to talk about it, there was a last one. It was a hidden one. It wasn't on the map, but it was hidden in the website, in the Legendary Truth website. What it was, it was it it was called Dark Reflections, and it was at the very very. Uh, we're talking like you get in the the gate, you go through the turnstiles, and they're they are there. And what it is is that there was these guys wearing these really, ba- not even bag. I want to say baggy jumpsuits, but they were beyond that. They're just really loose baggy clothings, and they may have or may not have been contortionists wearing them. Were basically they were moving their arms and their legs. You knew they were moving their arms and their legs, but you couldn't see what because it was just moving under the cloth. So they kind of made them a little nebulous. And where their face, where their faces were, would be a mirror, so they could see out, and all you'd see is a reflection in. This was you had to go on the website and uncover that this was a thing and that it had a name to get that it was that it was called Dark Reflections and that these guys were called the Mirror Men. So another added bonus to people that were following it on the website. But not a very big area, just a little bonus to the website thing. But with that, that is that is technically now all the scare zones with dark reflections included. Hmm. It seems like they were trying to to work the social. Uh, this is this is like the basically at the time where social media wasn't really a thing yet. It was th- there were things that were trying to be social media, but they weren't really a thing yet. And they were starting to work that as much as they could. No, was- I wish that we could. Keep doing that. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. Social media wasn't anything yet, but the forums were. I mean, we had talked about the forums well before this year. So yeah. people on the forums were yeah, sharing yeah, no, informations it, and stuff they found and all that. So it's like they were, they were addressing that particular crowd. They they knew who their yeah. their hardcore audience was, and they didn't just yeah they didn't just pass it over. They embraced it, which is awesome, and still do. Yeah, I, I think it would be cool to see that uh, see that again. See more of the that sort of viral marketing keep going. That is it for this part. We uh, approach this episode, setting up the story and going to the scare zone so that we can continue Dr. Gana's story and include her in part two. So that's where we're headed next. So with that, I will of course say thank you for listening. Check out our social media pages. All of our Halloween hard night stuff goes on our main news as social media pages. Uh, we're news as podcasts on Facebook we're Neozaz on Twitter, and we are Neozaz on Instagram, and it's easy enough to find us individually, I think, through the Twitter account. 
Um, Quint and Karen are usually the first to chime in on a conversation started under the Neo Zaz or addressed to the Neo Zaz account. So if you want to follow them, you can find them there easily as well. For our other shows and coverage to do with Halloween Horror Nights, including our um, article post, and we have some galleries from our past visits to Halloween Horror Nights, go to neozaz.com. Check out some of our other shows there, too. I won't get into that list. We'll be here another 10, 15 minutes, and I'll forget some. So just check that out for yourself. Uh, I think that's it. We're going on to part two now. So thank you, Karen and Quint, as always, for joining me. Of course. Thank you. Uh, thanks for everyone that listened, and we'll see you in that next episode. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at Neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.